The executive yuan on Thursday announced the partial resumption of the Mini 3 links for the Lunar New Year, starting January 7th. But the news has not been well received by everyone. Before the pandemic, the links allowed for limited transport, business and postal services between the island counties of Mazu and Jingmen and select cities in China's Fujian province. But the new plan limits eligibility to Mazu and Jingmen locals and their Chinese spouses. The Spring Festival Transport Plan for Jinmen and Matsu locals will be in effect for two weeks before and after the upcoming Lunar New Year Festival, that is, from January 7th to February 6, 2023. The three mini-links have been suspended for almost three years, but with the easing of COVID travel rules, calls have grown for resuming them. The central government announced on Thursday that ferry services would resume starting January 7th, but with some conditions. The only people eligible are the people of Jinmen and Mazu and Chinese nationals married to locals. They must apply for permission, which will be granted on a case-by-case basis. The local governments will be in charge of managing the process. Some civic groups have protested the plan does not extend eligibility to all Taiwanese business people. One group held a press conference calling for the full resumption of the three mini-links, as they were before the pandemic. A Chinese national attended the event, voicing hope that she would be able to reunite with her family in China for the spring festival. Former lawmakers representing Jinmen and Mazu say they will hold a demonstration on Saturday alongside civic groups. Before, all it took was a few thousand Taiwan dollars. The suspension has put a big financial burden on us. It's also very time-consuming. Why is it only for the people of Jinmen and Mazu? It should apply to all 23 million compatriots. It should be like flight services, no restrictions and open to everyone. COVID cases are currently on the rise in China, where the BF7 Omicron subvariant has taken over. Reports say the virus is so transmissible that one person with the disease transmits it to 18 others on average. China Medical University Hospital Dr. Huang Gaobing has said Taiwan could consider reinstating some form of travel quarantines. The head of the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices says that is not necessary. Instead, vaccinations are key. There is no need to put in place stricter measures just because there are more variants. Instead, it's best to get vaccinated with next-gen shots to lower the risk of infection. In a recent visit to Jinmen, the head of the CECC, Victor Wong, said the medical resources on the island county were not yet sufficient to open up the gates completely. After several delays and lengthy public speculation, reforms to Taiwan's mandatory military training, including a possible extension, will finally be announced by the government next week, following a high-level national security meeting. Amidst the news, opposition party members have raised doubts about the motives behind the DPP's delayed announcements. Let's hear what they had to say. The announcement has been posted on President Taiwan's Facebook page that a high-level national security meeting will be held next week to discuss the lengthening of the country's mandatory military service. Presidential spokesperson Zhang Dunhan also confirmed that the proposal for military service reform is entering the final stages and will be made public after next week's meeting. Actually, 
regardless of the National Security Conference next week, whether military service will be lengthened and when that will be announced are very much political considerations. The DPP's attitude before and after the elections on November 26th changed as fast as the masks in a Sichuan opera, several times a day. They kept silent before the election, but now are showing strong support after. Not only is the government hesitating to make an announcement, the public is also skeptical. People are asking why on earth they're fighting. To put it bluntly, why do we need to increase the length of the military service? Taiwan People's Party members questioned Defense Minister Chiu Guozheng's recent comment that a one-year military service extension would be announced by the end of the year. The presidential office responded that if an announcement is made by the end of the year, a new system wouldn't be implemented until 2024. If announced next year, it wouldn't be implemented until 2025. Opposition party members believe that the back and forth is due to election considerations. Military service reform is extremely important. On the one hand, we have to consider Taiwan improving its self-defense capabilities. On the other hand, we need to know how this would best fit with servicemen's career planning, so we need to consider things carefully. DPP legislators stress that extending military service would have a wide impact and too much political misinterpretation could harm Taiwan's national defense efforts. The Air Force has released a video summing up 2022, featuring photos in training and an inspection by President Tsai Ing-wen, among other highlights. Most surprisingly, it also offers a peek at one of Taiwan's most secretive military operations center, Toad Mountain. Tucked away not far from Taipei City Center, the unassuming mountain houses some of Taiwan's most advanced military intelligence facilities. Let's hear more about it from a former Air Force general. The Air Force has released its year-in-review video for 2022, showing the nation the results of another full year of combat training and even a clip of the mysterious Toad Mountain Operations Center. In the background of this footage of President Tsai Ing-wen during her inspection, there is an emblem of a sword and shield marked with lightning, a fighter plane and a missile, an Air Force command post symbol. All in-air flight information can be clearly seen at Toad Mountain, and all maritime movements can be detected as well. So, all signals from the PLA, no matter if they're from aircraft or warships, are received at Toad Mountain. Our principle in air defense is to centralize control and unify command, even when it comes to PLA ground-to-ground missiles. Whether they are short-range ground-to-ground or patrol missiles, their signals can be received. Toad Mountain is one of three operation centers hidden in the mountains of Taiwan and is located at the border of Taipei's Da'an and Wenshan districts. The other two centers are Hengshan Military Command Center in Taipei's Daju area and Jiashan Base in Hualien. Together, they bear the task of protecting Taiwan's airspace. The Australian-New Zealand Chamber of Commerce in Taipei has released its third discussion paper on trade with Taiwan, revealing plans for several trade and business-related improvements. The paper touches on topics including energy costs and development, and issues related to living and doing business in Taiwan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. 
Relations between Taiwan, Australia and New Zealand have warmed considerably over 2022 as trade and investment between the three countries reached record highs. According to the Australian-New Zealand Chamber of Commerce, bilateral trade in the period between January and August was 83% higher than in the same period in 2021. In addition, Taiwan is Australia's fifth largest export market and more than 2,300 Australian companies trade with Taiwan. In the past year, uh, bilateral trade and investment between our three countries continue to reach new record highs with the um, uh, preceding this, uh, year on, uh, on the year uh, year on year increase. We are now, we are now seeing our uh, many Australian and New Zealand business that seriously considering Taiwan as an opportunity. This is also reflected in the chambers. Uh, we have a 36% increase in our corporate members since last year. Australia and Taiwan share rich indigenous histories, open diverse societies, strong people-to-people -people links, and an interest in an open, inclusive, resilient and prosperous Indo-Pacific. Our economic relationship is at a historic high with over 32 billion Australian dollars in two-way trade and 35 billion Australian dollars in two-way investment. In fact, Taiwan is Australia's fifth largest goods export market and seventh largest merchandise trading partner overall. The Australia-New Zealand Chamber of Commerce in Taipei recently released its 2022 discussion paper. This year's paper focuses on continued efforts to promote Taiwan's participation in the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, as well as on development of geothermal energy, offshore wind power, e-commerce, and medical strategic resources. Members from several committees of the chamber have expressed their challenges and provided recommendations in the discussion paper. The first recommendation related to the implications of Taiwan energy price. Over the last two years, the impact of COVID-19, uh, I guess everybody uh, are aware of that um, COVID-19 have significantly pushed up the prices of raw material, transportation costs and labor costs. However, the increased costs were not properly reflected in FIT mechanism for renewable energy sector. Therefore, it is recommended the actual cost of procuring and delivering energy um, is to be in Taiwan should be properly reflected and acknowledged in the agreement. The paper also features obstacles faced when doing business and living in Taiwan. Those challenges include issues related to international schools and setting up business entities and bank accounts. The first challenge relating to the, to the insufficient international school numbers in Taiwan. Compared to other countries in the region, Taiwan has relatively low number of international schools, and those schools are typically with a long waiting list. The second challenge relates to the long lead time for setting up business uh, and bank account in Taiwan for foreign business or foreign entity. The lead time typically in Taiwan to set up an entity and also for a bank account is probably around five to six months. A copy of the report was handed to the National Development Council Minister, Gong Mingxing, who responded to the points in the report and talked about the areas of cooperation where he sees the most potential between the three countries in the future. He said he looked forward to furthering cooperation in the energy sector. 
When Taiwan launched an energy transformation program in 2016, Australia invested a lot in Taiwan. Taiwan hopes to reach net zero carbon emissions by 2050. This gives us ample room for new opportunities for cooperation between Taiwan, New Zealand, and Australia. In the past, it was investments in solar power and offshore wind power, and now there's hydrogen power and also geothermal hydrogen power. The three countries hope to continue to work together to strengthen their ties. FTV reporters Stephanie Yang and Liang Junle in Taipei. For the first time ever, the annual New Year's fireworks show at Taipei 101 will feature a light show on all four sides of the building, making the spectacle visible from all directions. All in all, the 300-second pyrotechnic extravaganza will launch 16,000 fireworks into the night sky. What what you're seeing on screen now is the technician setting up the fireworks at the skyscraper. The control panel is located on the 58th floor, with about 14,000 rockets to be launched, including fireworks in the shape of smileys. Over on the 90th floor, there will be another 1,000 fireworks in round shapes and in the shape of wings. In contrast with last year, most of the mortar tubes are made of a white material that is more resistant and secure. With inflation causing a decline in demand for electronics and chips. Micron, the largest computer memory producer in the U.S., has not been performing as well as expected. The maker announced on Wednesday that it will lay off about 10% of its staff in 2023 and will not issue bonuses this year. Let's hear what an expert has to say about the impact. We look at the flash flash If we look at quoted prices in the DRAM market and NAND flash market overall, we see a bear market from the second half of 2021 onward. The decline in memory prices will naturally have a very negative impact on the profits and sales performance of companies such as Samsung and Micron. Though faced with imbalance in the chip industry, analysts are optimistic about when the situation will improve. They say that the computer memory industry will see a generational change next year, and it is expected that the second half of 2023 will be promising for sales. Taiwan's median annual income in 2021 grew to 506,000 NT, up 1% from the year before. Workers in Xinzhou City were once again the biggest earners in the nation, with a median income of 770,000 NT. But experts say that does not paint a full picture of Taiwan's economy, as about 68% of workers earn a salary below the national average of 600. 670,000 NT dollars. That's especially the case in some sectors, such as the hospitality and food and drink sector, where the median income is just below 400,000 NT dollars. Where do Taiwan's biggest earners live? The government statistics agency has the answer based on its most recent data. Xinzhou City once again tops the list for highest median annual income in 2021 at 770,000 NT. It's followed by Xinzhou County, which climbed to the second highest spot at 684,000 NT. It just barely edged out Taipei, where the median salary was 683,000 NT.
The tech sector, and especially semiconductors, were not so impacted by the pandemic. In Taipei and New Taipei, there is a much bigger diversity of industries, so that brings their numbers down below the level of Xinju City and Xinju County. According to the statistics, Taiwan's median annual income in 2021 was 506,000 NT, or about 42,000 NT a month. That's an increase of 1% from 2020. However, a record 68% of the population earned less than the national average of 670,000 NT. The income disparity also grew for the first time in six years, with high-income workers making more than four times as much as low-income workers. Calculated by industry, the median annual salaries in the arts, leisure and entertainment services sector, the hospitality sector, the food and drink sector and the cram school sector were all below 400,000 NT. Like this, the wealth gap may widen. Taiwan is gradually seeing how its middle class is losing ground and disappearing. Experts warn not to be fooled by the rising median income, saying that under all the data, there are signs of growing income inequality in Taiwan. Taiwan's rail companies have strict measures to maintain hygiene standards and entice passengers back on board after revenue fell during the pandemic. The Taiwan Railways Administration has a rigorous hygiene routine for Taipei Main Station. An army of cleaning staff is supported by robots, and the whole complex gets a deep clean every two days. Meanwhile, the high-speed rail is using new antibacterial materials inside its trains. As the machine drives by, it cleans dust off the floor. Although it's very efficient, just a sweep won't cut it. The machine sweeps, washes, and then disinfects the floor of Taipei Main Station until it sparkles. A lot of people gather here in the main hall. Other main spots are, for example, the ticket machines, the escalators, and the toilets. We adjust the frequency of our disinfection every day. If there's more activity going on, then we disinfect more. There's more than 10,000 ping a floor to clean at Taipei Main Station. Pandemic measures have lifted, but TRA is not letting down its guard. The main hall and ticket gate areas are regularly cleaned every day, and there's a major disinfection of the entire space every other day. These robot cleaners help reduce labor requirements, as TRA maintains the stringent hygiene standards of the Long Pass Level 3 alert. High-pressure steam cleans toilet seats and sinks. No little details are overlooked in the bathrooms. Efforts to reassure passengers have seen traveler numbers slowly grow. We had 558,000 passengers in November. Compared to the previous month, that's growth of about 8%. Over the whole year, we've recovered about 20 to 30% of our passengers. And as TRA keeps up exacting hygiene routines, the HSR is adopting a new strategy. In recent times, HSR trains have circulated air super fast, replacing all the air in a carriage every seven minutes. From 2023, surfaces which are often touched by passengers, such as trays on the backs of seats and seat covers, will be made from newly developed antibacterial materials. Taiwan's rail companies are determined to kick germs out and lure passengers back. Taoyuan's Daxi district recorded the lowest temperature in the plains on Thursday at a chilly 6.5 degrees. Over in Taipei, the mercury sunk to 10.4 degrees, the lowest temperature recorded on the winter solstice in 17 years. And it is set to get even colder over the weekend.
The Central Weather Bureau says lows could sink to 6 degrees or lower in Xinzhou, Miaoli and Yilan amid the effects of radiative cooling. Let's hear from a forecaster. In the early morning of Saturday and Sunday, the cold current will send temperatures plummeting in many areas. In addition to the cold air, radiative cooling will push temperatures even further down. Northern Taiwan will see lows falling to 6 degrees. Many areas will see lows of 10 degrees, even as far as Pingdong. Forecasters say some reprieve from the cold will come on Monday with rains expected in windward areas. Starting next Wednesday, northeasterly wind will pick up strength, blowing in cold and wet weather. Lows in the morning and at night will remain rather chilly until the end of the year.